Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. BuzzFeed reporters Anthony Cormier and Jason Leopold couldn't believe what they were seeing. Secret government documents showing suspicious banking transactions all over the globe. Gold, diamonds, oil, every sector of the economy is besmirched by this dirty money. Get the full story on suspicious activity inside the FinCEN files. A new podcast available on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. All episodes are available now. My fault. I, uh, you know, I just walked by the D-line and I'm just having a little fun with them. Like, you know, saying, hey, I could do it. Yeah, they were all doing it. And I said, I can do it. Watch. So and then I got off I got off the field and walked into my phone and I had guys I've coached before sending, sent, already started sending it to me laughing at me. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, at least I didn't get hurt. I guess that's the positive thing. Sports Radio FNZ. That was Matt Rule on his decision to jump into uh, – Beautiful. I mean, just beautiful footwork in the drills earlier this week. Uh, I love hearing that he had texts on his phone from guys he had coached, kind of busting his chops there. Brennan Marks of The Athletic uh, coming up in about 20 minutes here on the show. But of course, Josh, uh, this not only did it spurn some uh, some good jokes on Twitter, it's also spurned our Nick and Josh rank things for the week, too. Spurn means like it's like shut something down, right? Didn't spurn mean didn't spurn bad? Let me see. Yeah, look that up. Did you get hacked on phonics on that one? I think it's spurred. Spurred is the word you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Hacksaw, don't try and spell that one. All right. So yeah, I I you know what I thought correct. I thought okay. I thought after you know after yesterday's show, I was like, you know what? Maybe I sold Matt Rule short because I was talking about how I didn't care that Matt Rule was tackling dummies, and yeah, it was fun in practice, but. I don't care, you know, if in three months they're two and seven. I don't think anybody's going to be laughing about the fact that Matt Rule is taking down inanimate objects, but it's a cool moment. But I thought to myself, you never know. We are in the middle of a pandemic. Maybe he's just getting ready in case he has to quarantine some linebackers and they can't sign anybody on short notice and Matt Rule has to step up. Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's just practicing. So I thought... Would Matt Rule survive in an NFL game? He was a former walk-on at Penn State. He was backing up, I think, LeVar Arrington. I want to say that was the the LeVar Arrington era, late 90s at Penn State. Might have been right before that, actually. But either way, uh, you know, he's always played a little bit of football in his day. So I thought to myself, who are the best coaches that if they had to play, if the, if, the, if, the, if the rest of their team was quarantined and they had to put a guy in, if they had to play, who would be the best? All right. Now, the other list that I'm going to give you in a minute is the worst, which is going to be a better list. But the top five coaches who I think would be the best. Number five is Anthony Lynn. 
I think Anthony Lynn could step in at linebacker, maybe safety, maybe DB, and could give you a couple of snaps. Kind of a bigger dude, you know, a little bit younger, too. He's, he's not, got the he's, right attitude, He's not too. 65. Yeah, Anthony Lynn, very, very even-killed dude, too. I think he'd be great as a Mike linebacker. Oh, see, I think so. I got to see him a little bit in Cleveland as a media member. He, he was a Browns assistant for a couple years. Anthony Lynn, when, he's, when he puts on his angry face, a little terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Uh, number four is Andy Reid, strictly because he would plug two gaps. You could put Andy Reid in over the center and say, all right, you've got eight gaps on either side. Just stand there and, and take up space. Vince Wolfork made $80 million doing that. There's a lot of guys out there who have just been 350-pound space eaters and have made a living. I think Andy Reid, he's a little bit older, but I think he could still get it done. And you hey, think he's he could, only 350, he, by the way? He can also, he's that, probably a little bit. Very kind. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. We'll see. But uh, he can also punt. We've we've seen the the, the old punt pack, pass and kick video when Andy Reid was the big the punter back when he was 295 pounds as a 12 year old. So Andy Reid, multi dimensional. Number three, and he honestly probably could be higher, is Brian Flores, former linebacker in the NFL, Boston College standout, uh, another young guy. I mean, are we really putting it past Miami? If I mean, it's a team that's rebuilding after all. Maybe they just throw the coach out there. Last year probably would have been the year to do it. You know what? We're not trying to win. We want to sell some tickets. We're gonna have a player coach. We're going to put Flores out there at linebacker, see what happens. Number two, I think Ron's still got something in the tank. Ron Rivera and his marvelous chest or whatever Mick Mixon said a year ago, it's expansive. He's a big dude. I mean, Ron might have, he's, he's 20 years out of the game, more than 20 years out of the game, but I still think you put him in there at linebacker. I wouldn't run at him. That's all I'm saying. Number one, and this is easy, is Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, I think, still thinks he is playing half the time uh, with the attitude he has in Tennessee. But if the Mike man Vrabel said could, he would cut his Johnson off for a yeah, Super Bowl win. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, that's a dude who's still got the fire to play. I love the Ron one because, again, Ron, much like Anthony Lynn, very nice guy, but you see flashes of the fire and, and that, that you can get burned at. And I'd also like to point out, Andy Reid's a great one, but I view Andy Reid stepping onto the football field now as a guy who would hold up and occupy two blockers with one hand while eating a cheeseburger, a double cheeseburger with the other hand. That's how I view Andy Reid in this replacement scenario here. The, so apologies to some of the guys who just missed the cut. Cliff Kingsbury... You weren't good in the NFL. You were a you were a practice squad guy. You put up numbers at Texas Tech, which at the time everybody thought was cool. And then every other quarterback who came after you did the same thing and even better. If Timmy so, Chang sorry, was at 10, would he be a head coach in the NFL right now? That's what I want to know. Probably. Dan Quinn. Did, did Dan Quinn play ball? He obviously had to have at some level. But did he play in the NFL? Because he's a big dude. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did play in college. But I, th- I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up as we're going. Because Dan Quinn does feel like the kind of guy he looks like a dude that could play defensive end he looks like he was a defensive end in the 90s he's got the you know the bald head the goatee he looks like a pro wrestler he looks like stone cold steve austin he he didn't he didn't play oh he played at salisbury state man really only a d2 player heck Mm. of a career good for him making it also started at william and mary a lot of great coaches come out of william and mary uh frank reich was on the list but it's been too long he can't throw anymore peterson too all right you uh, ageist move over to the worst coaches who would be the five worst matt patricia too nerdy 
Yeah, he's a big dude like Andy Reid, but he's soft. I don't, he's got the pencil on his ear. He's he's more of the, the thinking man. Andy Reid is more of a real football guy. I don't trust Matt Patricia. Uh, he's getting weird at press conferences now, too. Did anybody see the video from, from Patricia calling out a reporter yeah. the other day? I actually I thought Patricia had a good point, but it's just I think Patricia's getting a little antsy up there in Detroit. Uh, now he's starting to take out that anger on reporters. Poor, poor beat writer just didn't sit up in his chair straight, and now Patricia's going to attack him. Uh, so he's number five. Mike McCarthy is terrible. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike McCarthy would be a complete waste of space. And it, it also, did anyone, I, I missed this apparently, but you know how when the Panthers were going to hire McCarthy and we were talking about him and he had that interview where he said he watched every game uh, of the 2019 season, every team's every game, which would like is almost like mathematically impossible. Mm-hmm. Apparently he admitted on his first day in the job in Dallas that he was lying. So good for him for just lying his way into a job in Dallas. You can't lie your way around a, a running back running right in your face. Yeah, but not at all. So I think Mike McCarthy will be on this list. Mike Zimmer, um, look, you bite your tongue. That man's a that man's a, a battle a battle tested. I just worry about axe. I just worry about his vision. I just worry, you know, he's he's had some injuries. It's caught up to him. I just don't know if Zimmer is the, the, the right guy on the field uh, for me. But the top two are the really where this list gets good. Number two is Sean Payton. That dude would get mauled. Glass Sh- Sh- jaw. Sean, Sean Sean Payton wouldn't last a second in the NFL. You put him out there for one snap. He's leaving. He's leaving on an ambulance or in an ambulance. Number one is Pete Carroll. I love Pete Carroll, but let's face it, Pete Carroll looks like a women's soccer coach. I like no. I don't mean a women. Like he looks like the women's soccer coach. He looks like Pia Sundaga from from six years ago that was coaching the U.S. women's Olympic team. He weighs 135 pounds, soaking wet. He's the coolest customer you got in the NFL. I'd love to play for the guy. I think he's amazing. That guy could never play in the NFL, not even for a second. He looks great for 60 some odd years old. I think he's like late 60s. He looks great. He's rocking some aviator shades now. He, he must have taken the cue from Phil Mickelson. But if if Pat uh, uh, Pat Pete Carroll got out on the field. If, I don't even know if it would last to play. He, it would be he would be walked over, not even run over. I don't. Uh, by the way, I don't know that it's the other team that would run over him. His own team, his own teammates <laughs> might sacrifice him because, like, he would be the guy. He'd be the he'd be the worst football player in the world now because he'd be like, it's okay that we didn't uh, get that tackle today, guys. We'll get the next one, right? Come on, guys. Like he would be so. Peace, love, and hippies. Peace and love, everybody. Like, like, Pop has a bit of that, but Pop still has a dice, uh, an icy, cold, dead stare. Pop was in the army. Yeah, and <laughs> Pete Carroll would just, like, you put a flower in a gun. That's Pete Carroll on a football field. Uh, some misses here. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin might only be 5'8". Mike Tomlin might be... Uh, He's 5'8"? He has 5'8". Yeah. That dude, he though, seems like he should be six three. He, you know why? Because that He's guy has alpha. the intensity to knock the bleep out of people. You don't see a lot of five eight alphas. Good for him. And it's and no, also you, former William America. You don't have a lot of five eight alphas who aren't also a little bit Napoleonic. He's not Napoleonic. He's legitimately terrifying. I have sat at press conferences where I've had to ask Mike Tomlin a question, and that dude's icy stare, that that blank stare of I'm I'm about to come over there and murder you for asking me a question. Why am I still here? Terrified me, and I have 150 pounds on him at least, and I have uh what? Let's see, carry the two. Almost a foot on him, uh, eh, a, a half a foot on on Mike Tomlin. Uh, let's see here. You know a guy who I think would get trucked? Doug Marone. No way. Nah, Doug Marone's false, t- fake tough to me. Marone's a big dude. Big I've, dude. I've I've been in a room with Doug Marone. He is 
he's bigger than Ron. He's it, huge. Isn't he a former? Is he a tight end or a former tackle? I don't know. He, he's he definitely played because Doug Doug Marone is a an enormous man. I, I, Doug Marone would could play. He's six five two eighty. Mm. Doug, Doug Marone could get around. He's just a large person. I don't I don't give you props just for being. I mean, he played Mike, in the NFL. Mike Tomlin's <laughs> five eight and he's terrifying. He played. He also played for the London Monarchs. I'm looking that up now. That was. Uh, that was a real football. Oh, is NFL London Monarchs was NFL Europe? That must have been early NFL Europe. I don't even remember that. I only remember it as NFL Europa. Hacksaw? <laughs> Josh, uh, on your worst list, uh, where is Bill Belichick? Yeah, he probably deserves to be on that, too. Isn't that ironic? I mean, the greatest coach of all time, and I, I just I don't think that guy could play. Yes, that would not be in he played lacrosse uh, growing Alanis Morissette's song, Ironic. So but, yeah, it is ironic. But Bill if Belichick, Belichick. If not for <laughs> the age, Bill Belichick, he'd be like Ross Cockrell, right? Ross Cockrell doesn't have all the skills. What position would he be? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Long snapper. <laughs> I, think, I think he and J.J. Jansen would be competing for the right. But no, I mean, Bill Belichick knows the, the proper angles you have to take, right? He knows knows uh, the, the pursuit angles you have to take. He knows how to run a route. This can't be right. It's a, okay. I'm I'm look going to a second source. It says Bill Belichick is 5'7", 165. I had, if really? How do these little guys become great football coaches? That's that's crazy to me. It's because five they, seven, they didn't 165? Pick, don't pick on us little guys. It's like JJ Barea. It's because he didn't they don't have the natural skills to fall back on, so they have to find an advantage. Ouch, it's true. It's true. No, right, it's, it's a good point. Here's some other guys that I think uh I've wrote uh, oh, Adam Gase's crazy eyes in a helmet would make him a terrifying middle linebacker. Yeah, he'd be good. Because, yeah, yes, yeah because you, yes. you'd be as a quarterback, you're looking to see where his eyes are, and his eyes are everywhere. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't know where he was going. He'd be, he would, he'd he'd be, be a great quarterback. You. He'd be a great quarterback. Oh, that's true. You know, safeties are trying to read the eyes of the QB. Adam Gase is going to be looking out in the, the into space somewhere, and he's going to throw a bullet right across the middle without even realizing. Well, and because as as you're a safety trying to read his eyes, you would be jumping all over the field trying to cover a lot of area because you're like his eyes are over here one moment then they're over here uh and then he would take another hit of smelling salts another guy that we get killed zach taylor uh the cincinnati Bengals, little dude he's led a charmed existence like he's lived under the umbrella of mcveigh which has afforded him a position he wouldn't have gotten if he wasn't uh at least at this age on sean mcveigh's staff Zach Taylor would get the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, no question. Uh, shout out to to the guy on the Building Center text line for saying that I'm a sissy and that I would get crushed. Uh, yes, correct. Yes, the the radio host who's never played a snap of football above high school would get crushed in the NFL. You, correct. No, Josh, I would be all right. And, and I would I would love to know from this 704 number, with all all due respect, and I mean with all due respect, I would love to know how this guy would fare in the NFL. Right, let's stack that up real quick. We're gonna need your measurables. You we're gonna need your measurables, and we're also gonna need the highest level that you've competed at athletically. There was there was a guy in Philadelphia. He's a sports talk radio guy who who had a tweet that went viral the other day because he said he could get lucky and catch a touchdown in the NFL. <laughs> is it because Do people no one not realize how him? hard it is in the NFL? I mean, I guess. 
But I still, there's no you're not you're not getting lucky in scoring a touchdown in the NFL. But yeah, I just the NFL ain't happening for any of us guys. It's and I would die. I'm fully aware. Thank you for reminding me. Who would be the best and worst coaches, NFL coaches, if they had to step in and play all texts this hour, courtesy of the Building Center, all tweets courtesy of Diamonds Direct. Brendan Marks of the Athletic joins us next on Wilson and Parcell on Sports Radio FNC. Sports Radio FNZ. No one has more opinions. No one has more insight into the business. That's why you'll get it all here first. And if you miss it, download the Radio.com app. You can rewind up to 24 hours of the show so you'll never miss a word. It's the Mac Attack. This is Sports Radio FNZ. Sports Radio FNZ by the boat coming up in... Carry the 225 minutes here on Wilson and Parcel. Uh, we'll see Josh's picks of the day. In the meantime, we start the show talking about the latest from North Carolina's Chapel Hill campus and the fact that they're going to remote learning just a, a very short time into the academic year here and what that could mean for football uh, this year, uh, both at UNC and in the ACC. Our next guest actually wrote, a really, a really good look at this on the athletic, and a pretty comprehensive look. Uh, he covers UNC and Duke for the athletic. You know him here uh, previously of the Charlotte Observer. He is Brendan Marks, and he joins us now on the Technicom Hotline. Brendan, welcome back to the show, bud. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. I, I know there's uh, always a lot to talk about, but especially right now. Absolutely. And some of it we wish we didn't have to talk about, but for those of you, or for those who haven't read the stories coming out of Chapel Hill, what led to the UNC decision to return all undergraduate classes to online courses? Right. So uh, obviously not an easy decision for the, the UNC system or especially Chapel Hill to have to make, but um, a week after the semester resumed, so, so yesterday would have been seven days since the start of the fall semester. Um, in that single week, UNC's COVID numbers sort of spiked. So, uh, you know, in that week alone, I'm, I've got the UNC COVID dashboard pulled up right in front of me. This week alone, there were 130 students and five employees who tested positive. And, and obviously, those are very concerning numbers. And um, from hopping on a call yesterday with uh, Chancellor Kevin Guskowitz and, and some of the members of the faculty executive committee, you see that that was only the starting point. There are four confirmed clusters, three in, three in residence halls, a fourth in a fraternity. Um, and again, that's that's all that is known. That is all that is confirmed so far. So there's a potential, obviously, for much more. And, and because of those daunting numbers, just one week back in the semester, UNC making the um, unfortunate decision to, to send as many students as possible home and, and shift all undergraduate classes to online. Brendan, I'll echo your comment to, or column today rather was was tremendous on on what's happening right now. You ended it by saying that none of this should have happened. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing, and, and this is something that uh, you know we've heard for so many weeks now, and, and obviously athletes have been back, you know, on college campuses for for the better part of two and a half months now, but. For regular students, that was always going to be the litmus test. It was always going to be how did colleges who who were slowly phasing in athletes who were doing all these tests, and, and by the way, seeing positives while they were doing those tests, how are they going to suddenly accommodate not only an influx of ten to 20,000 students, but at the same time, how are you going to make sure that you have uh, some grasp 
and control around what the kids are doing once they get there. And very clearly what was shown was that UNC did not have that grasp. So when, when I said this didn't need to happen, these kids shouldn't have been here in the first place. And students voiced their concerns ahead of time. Faculty voiced their concerns ahead of time. The Orange County uh, Health Board, the, the county commissioner of Orange County, they all voiced their concerns. They all recommended that in-person learning be pushed back at minimum of five weeks, kids not to be brought back onto campus unless it was absolutely a dire situation. And UNC just sort of rammed ahead with the plan anyways, didn't test everyone when they were coming back to campus. And now they're going to be sending these kids back out into their own communities, having been exposed. And now their individual communities, their families are the ones who are going to have to bear this burden of consequences. And, and it's just something that didn't need to happen. These kids never should have been there in the first place. Um, just just a, a mess, a, a total mess, and, and one that certainly could have been avoided. Yeah, well, I, and I agree. And the kids who are staying on campus, as you have mentioned, and everybody knows at this point, is the football team. You, you mentioned something in your piece where you say, you know, it depends on how you interpret this line from the bottom of the release's fifth paragraph. UNC said residents who have hardships, such as lack of access to reliable Internet, uh, international students or student athletes will have the option to remain on campus. Brendan, I don't know about you, but I don't consider being a student athlete a hardship. Uh, how do you interpret that line? Yeah, you know, I, I think one of those things very much is not like the other two. Um, you know, if, if kids are coming from a, a home situation that is um, dangerous or, or they don't have uh, the learning materials that they need to, to actually in, continue with their education, obviously that's one situation. International students, there's, there's obviously so many complicated aspects of going back and forth out of the country right now. Um, and then student-athletes, right? So, you know, and like you said, you know, most of the time we don't think of student-athletes as hardships. And what this is really doing is it is exposing uh, sort of the amateurism and the flaws of the amateurism model of the NCAA. And, and by bringing these students back, you were trying to prove a point, I think. Maybe not directly, but you were trying to say, listen, student-athletes, kids, we can all do the same thing. But, but we've clearly shown that that's not the case. And as we're seeing at Notre Dame now, and we've seen it dozens of colleges around the country, and unfortunately we're going to continue to see around the country, student-athletes are so insulated. They have such a strong support system around them that comparing their situation to normal, to normal students is, is just completely different animals. These are people who have nutritionists, dietitians, specific trainers, they've got tutors, they've got their own residence halls, they're getting tested frequently. They have all of these resources at their disposal that normal students don't have access to. And, and so really now you're seeing with them saying, you can't possibly say that these kids are not being given preferential treatment. You can't possibly say that they're the same as every other student. And it's just continuing down this slippery slope of exposing the NCAA's flawed amateurism model, because that's what it is. It's flawed. And it's eventually going to come to a head, and I really think this is going to be a substantial blow to anyone arguing that the college athletes are the same as other college students. This very clearly shows they're not. Brendan Marks of The Athletic joining us on the Technicom Hotline here on Wilson and Parcell on Sports Radio FNZ. We're discussing the latest out of uh, Chapel Hill here with UNC and the decision for uh, all students, all undergraduate coursework to go and shift to remote learning here. In terms of, of that impact, uh, how is this going to impact the Tar Heels' ability to play foot, uh, football this fall? Right. So uh, sort of in a, in a weird roundabout way, this helps. Um, you know, we, we had a Zoom call this morning with Mac Brown, and he said yesterday's news 
doesn't really affect us. And that's because it doesn't, because these athletes were already mostly insulated. They went to practice. They went to their classes. If they went to them in person, few of them did. Most of them were already online. Practice, classes, bed. I mean, that's their that's their life right now. He said, we, we have three months where we cannot have social lives. We cannot exist as social beings. And so now you're sending all these kids away. That's fewer opportunities for these kids to be distracted. It's fewer parties that are being held. It's fewer, uh, you know, campus walk-bys with people who might have the virus. You're creating much more of a semi-bubble. And I thought Mac Brown put it really nicely. He said, this actually gives us a better seal because having the kids on campus was what was as much of a threat to college athletics happening as anything that the college athletes are actually doing. The, the athletes are following the rules they have to to abide by all of these athletics protocols. It was everybody else that was causing the problem, causing the concern. You become afraid that there's going to be uh, you know, some sort of exposure or contact between a non-athlete and an athlete. It's crazy that we're sort of grouping them this way, but, but that's the way it is. And so now, with these kids not here, you have a semi-bubble, and, and I think there's a pretty realistic chance that UNC and, and some of these other schools that haven't pulled the plug on football they're really going to try and do this thing, and I think that the, the move yesterday in Chapel Hill certainly helps their cause. Brendan, I thought you were spot on a minute ago when you mentioned how this has exposed the flaws in the NCAA's amateurism model. They have for years tried to prop these kids up as students first, athletes second, and that the athletics are just a, just a byproduct of being at the campus. We know that's not the case. So... In your eyes, and I don't mean necessarily in Chapel Hill over the next month. I mean big picture, college football, next 10 years. What's the solution? Yeah, you know, I, I think pretty pretty easily we're going to come to a head on this whole issue. You know, I mean, eventually we're going to come to the point where we have to realize that student-athletes, um, if you even choose to use that term, you know, the, the Daily Tar Heel, the student newspaper at UNC that made headlines yesterday with their colorful headlines, uh, which, which I love. But, but they've stopped using that term student-athlete because they, it's not true. It's not reality. They are not student-athletes. They are athletes who are also being given an education. So I think what we're going to see is in the next year, as individual state legislatures start passing these bills, they're set to come into effect, I believe, in July of 2021, where athletes are going to be able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. We have until that point to establish some sort of status quo, because otherwise you're going to end up with a sort of broken, splintered, state-by-state problem that you sort of saw more broadly with the country and COVID and, and different states reopening and having their own issues. So eventually we are going to get to a point where athletes are being compensated for their skills. They are producing so much revenue for these universities and, and the idea that they should not be compensated in the era of player empowerment that we see now, it's just not going to fly anymore. So by next summer, we're going to have some resolution one way or another on athletes being given what they deserve to be given, in my opinion. Um, because otherwise you're going to end up with potential high school recruits. Let's say Sam Howell coming out of, uh, you know, nearby Charlotte. If he has an offer from UNC and an offer from Florida state and Florida state's going to pay him or, or give him the opportunity to earn scholarship money. And he can't do that in North Carolina. Guess where he and every other prospect with that choice is going. They're going where they can make the money. So July of next summer is sort of the deadline, but, but before that point and, and definitely by that point, this is going to have to come to a head where athletes are getting what they're doing. You can follow him on Twitter at Brendan R. Marks. He is Brendan Marks of The Athletic on the Technicom Hotline. Brendan, great to talk with you, buddy. Hope hope everything's going well. And, uh, again, thanks for your time. You as well. Hope you guys are all staying safe. And uh, I'm loving all the Panthers 
training camp tweets. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long you love those, depending on how cynical we get here. Uh, great stuff. Brennan is a great guy, and he's he's also very good at what he does there. Uh, he Again, on the Technicom hotline, all text this hour, courtesy of the Building Center, all tweets this hour, courtesy of Diamonds Direct. But as we just had Brendan Marks on to talk about what's been going on at, uh, at, at UNC Chapel Hill and the fallout of this, we're actually going to continue on. We're going to react a little bit to what Brennan had to say and get back to this conversation on whether or not we're going to be see, being able to see UNC football this fall on Sports Radio FNC. Radio FNZ. It's a complete team effort. Live or online. Use the radio.com app and download and listen to all your favorite FNZ shows. It's the Mac Attack. This is Sports Radio FNZ. Radio FNC, uh, we've got By the Boat coming up in about 10 minutes here on Wilson and Parcel. Josh, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling fantastic. You sold it well. Yeah. Uh, the NBA playoffs are rolling along. I'm watching the Pacers in the heat. I watched the, the How about the Magic upsetting the Bucks Early today, we have our first big upset of the NBA playoffs. Uh, Steve Clifford, shout out. I mean, listen, this is if there's any pattern that we have learned in the NBA in two days, it's that if you were once considered by the Hornets and they didn't want you, if the Hornets don't want you, uh, you are destined to succeed everywhere else because Orlando got a win over Milwaukee with Steve Clifford. Donovan Mitchell goes for 57 yesterday. Every guy the Hornets have passed on in the draft seems like are balling out in the playoffs. So good for them. But big win for the Magic getting one up. They also beat the Raptors last year in game one. Eastern Conference first round, then Toronto went on to win the title. So maybe this is a good thing for Milwaukee. I It's not just even a Hornets thing. I mean, look, Cam Newton apparently is going to win an MVP this year with the, the video that's sh- circulating of his working out in New England. I, I think at some point we might have to form with Avery an intervention for you. Why is that? We we got uh, we got your NBA TV on in the background over here. I just feel like it's it's constantly on, and you are you're you're very thorough in your prep. I feel like you also have other things going on. Sometimes we'll see you. You've got a game over here, golf on your uh, laptop or your tablet. Like I feel like I feel like the NBA playoffs are really good for everybody else. I think it might cause you to have some sort of overload. I'm good, man. I work in sports for a living. We get paid to talk about sports. It's the best job we can have. You get to sit. You get to sit. I I can watch the NBA at work. I'm getting paid to do it, and then I can talk about it. It's great. I don't know how much we're going to talk about the Heat Pacers right now, but it's great to have sports on during the day. I'm just. We went four months without any sports, and I'm a happy man that I got sports back on my television every day. Well, okay. I'm. I, we're all very happy, but this is like if you were if you were starved for like four or five months. And then you tried to eat all the hamburgers in the world over the first few weeks that you had food back. It, it would cause some problems. That's where I think the concern is. Yeah, You're no. trying to eat all the hamburgers at once. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just happy to have a game on. I love it. That's I exactly love it. what you would say if you were good eating all the hamburgers at once. <laughs> and then you I get mean, it's fat. one game at a time. It's not like there's four games at once. There was some... And that, that sometimes that happens. I mean, that's like when college football comes back on in the fall or the NFL 
and you just you haven't watched football for nine months, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's seven games going on. I, I don't even know where to begin. At least with the NBA, it's spaced out one at a time. This is great. See, this is this is like when you walk into somebody's uh, living room and they have the or not living room and like a man cave, and you see the setup where it's like five TVs and there are five different games. As a matter of fact, they have this over at the Panther at B of A. If you go to the uh, if you go to the, the the press box, they have all these TVs with all these games on, and I find it overwhelming. I love it. I love I, it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. But I I don't know that the consumption rate is healthy for me as somebody who naturally has some some addictive. Uh, different addictive potentials in my life. We used to, when I worked at ESPN, they had this awesome room for college football Saturdays. I mean, we would just sit in there all day long and they, there was a conference room and there was a big TV in the middle, like a, you know, a big screen, 55, 60 inch, whatever. And you'd put the big game on that one and you have the volume up, but then you had three smaller TVs on the left and three smaller TVs on the right. You had seven screens. So literally you had ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, Fox Sports 1, Fox, CBS, every channel that had a game on. I mean, we had we were watching Hawaii versus San Jose State would be on one of the TVs. And, dude, like those four years, I, the amount of college football that I watched, when you have seven screens at once, it you learn the tricks of the trade, what to focus on. Because, so, like you said, sometimes you feel like you're not even watching anything because you're just bouncing around. But that was like a dream, having just seven TVs with and, and just everywhere you looked, it was football. I mean, what more could you ask for? Beer. I, um, I we, think, we we may have had that too. So I don't tell I, the bosses. I have always noticed that. When when there's the man cave setup where you can watch four different games at one time, it it helps my mind if I'm at least partially crunk. Crunk? Yes. I didn't that's realize what, we were in 2004. That's what the kids are saying. Yeah. They're bringing it back. Uh, so so are you saying that that we should watch less sports? No, no, no. Okay. I'm saying we should drink more while watching more sports. Oh, go for it. I mean, you may not be able to do that right now. That's my problem. Yeah. I'd like a, a four screen setup here, but I I don't I I don't know the new boss too well. I'm pretty sure he would frown upon ma- like pretty serious alcohol consumption while trying to do my job and watch these sports. Well, yeah, no, we this won't make it pretty serious. We'll just make it like you know nonchalant. Uh, yeah, you're you're known for your nonchalantness. Yeah, when when when, when people when people in the in the building here, when people think subtlety, they think Nick Wilson and Hacksaw. That's what they think of. Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, let me know how that no crunk allowed rule uh, works for you. Somebody on the text line calling me out on crunk. It has been used. No, pe- people still use the word groovy, and nobody's like, oh, what is this, the 1970s? Nick, I'm not going to lie. There's a handful of times from here, you know, every now and then, you definitely prove that you haven't been cool in like 15 years. In fairness, okay. I, I haven't tried to be cool. I haven't been cool in, in like three years. years. I'm, I'm just, I'm a few years behind so you. So if not for crunk, if not for crunk, what word could I used in place? Lit, turned up. I mean, there's a lot. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 19, well, but, but I'm just. But I don't to be try less to be outdated. I think. I think the point is, you can help me be less out of date. So I don't know that you can pull it off. I'm just. So, I'm just saying. I, uh, I don't know that's your thing. So what I was just, your? What was, was crunk, did you say? Did you use crunk like when you were younger? No, I use crunk ironically. I use any hip words ironically. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that that's. It's just not in your personality. That's okay. So I was watching all these games and I got lit and I <laughs> That's actually it. not bad. That's better than that's better than crunk. Okay. 
I mean, no. we're not Lil John in like a music video, you know. Now, so, that's, why that's, isn't that's, it lit up? Because I feel like lit up was a yeah. thing once. Well, that's, that's. I mean, people they do get lit up, but that's that's very different. No, I mean, without without the the you know potential smoking implications. I remember lit up like, oh man, oh no, he got lit up. Okay, now now I'm realizing I'm just confusing different terms. Are they, what was the other one? Uh, you said lit and uh, there's lit, there's turnt. Turn up. Ooh, uh, I have used turned, and it was ironically, but I have used turned correctly yeah, as well. Yeah, you. <laughs> Some guys just can't pull it off. Like Hacksaw can't pull it off. I don't really think I can pull it off. Every now and so then. How do you know that I but can't pull it off? I've heard you. I've heard you try. Well, heard what I you can pull you it off hear. better than Nick can. Uh, how dare you? I, you're okay. the older guy. <laughs> you just, dude. You're a dad. You're you're in your mid thirties. It's time to re- retire, crunk and lit and turn and so you don't all think those I other can words. Get turned. No, <laughs> no. See I how I used that? There wasn't gotta, that organic. I mean, turned. it's better than it's better than you. In the past, I guess, but hey, that's called it, progress. Yeah. I also have a problem with lit. Uh, because like sometimes I am actually talking about like, you know, lighting a room, like is the room lit and people think I mean like a party. I'm like, it's not a party. When are you, I, what, what scenario are you in where you're asking someone if a room is lit? Uh, well, I worked on a home improvement show before, so yeah. Is oh, the, okay. But, but again, you worked on the show. Okay. But that how's the lighting in the room? Before. There you go. Boom. Problem solved. How many conversations go? How many conversations do you have on the regular that go into room lighting? Uh, more than I have about the party's lit. I mean, like, I've never used that word. Y'all can't, yeah, yeah. So, this is not, it's just, some people can do it, some people can't. I would I would like you to revise your statement that Hacksaw is somehow more hipper than I am. After that conversation, after that oh, point I'm by him. I'm not asking crunked. to be more. I'm just asking you to say we're equally lame. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're lamer. Bad. You're lamer than Hacksaw. Hacksaw is a single 28 year old dude. 29 yeah. now. What are you 29? You gotta be 29, right? I'm 21. Let's just go. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, educational wise, that's probably pushing it. But yeah, 13. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> cool factor. You, you you probably bring up the rear. You're, you're it's okay, man. Like in a few years, I'm gonna be right there with you. I'm gonna have a couple of kids, and I'm gonna be the lame dad that's trying to hang on to it. And at some point, you just gotta you just gotta I'm know. Sorry. When it's over. You're well, not going to be a dad for a while, Hacksaw. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that makes me feel good. Well, if you'd ever called Michelle back, then maybe well, this would be a different blah, conversation. Blah, 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 blah. That's what I hear. Um, <laughs> what, what, what makes you the cool factor here, huh? What 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 makes you all of a sudden like, yeah, I know not, how to use these words and everything. Who, well, who the fact you? that I know they exist would be one. And I know they exist. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Hacksaw, I got to side with Josh on this one. Yeah. That, you're that's full of I, it. That's when I get better. When you side with him, I make a good point. Uh, arguments. So no, 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 no. <laughs> if you can get us to agree on something, yeah. you're on the wrong side of history. We can't agree on hardly anything. So if we're agree- in agreement, you are not just more wrong. You are the most wrong in all of it. So you're welcome. I made you guys agree on something. Okay. This is like this is like hitting a moving target with a conversation. <laughs> uh, how crunk are you guys out there? 704-570-9610. What is your favorite slang word for uh, getting drunk or getting turned, as the kids say? Nailed it again! It's time for uh, By the Boat with Josh Barcel. If, if you have to, go ahead and hit the horn. Uh...
if you have to say, if you have to say, as the kids say, mm-hmm. that's that's when you know it's over. So just if I just stop saying, as the kids say, well, and I start saying what the kids say, I suddenly will become more hip. I'm done with this conversation. All right, uh, by the boat time. Last night, that's not a no. Boston and Philly. I told you the over two seventeen and a half. We had two ten. It was a loss. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! But wait, we got a late uh, flurry of free throws from Boston for the backdoor cover. Boston minus six and a half. They won by eight. We cashed it. We did it! And then, <laughs> gets me every time. And then I also gave you the Clippers last night to beat the Mavericks. I may or may not have gotten lucky on that one. Dallas had a five-point lead. Prazingis gets ejected in the third quarter. L.A. comes back, wins that one by eight. We went home happy. Come on. Thank Put you. Put baby to bed without a diaper. Without a diaper. I've that always said that. Let's go. <laughs> I, I said we were done with that conversation. All right. Tonight. You're not we, my dad. We've got Lakers and we've got Blazers. Now, I've been on the Blazers bandwagon for the last couple of, uh, of, of days and really the last week and a half or so. But I do worry a little bit. Have they emptied the tank? And could they come into to, to the first game on a little bit of fumes? I do think L.A. tonight. LeBron James has listened for the last week about how the Lakers are toast, about how the Blazers are a, are a feisty underdog. I do think that LeBron James is eager to come out tonight and make a statement. I also think Anthony Davis is going to go off against a very bad, very bad Blazers front court. No so cap. I, I like the Lakers tonight. Are you Googling now? You no. are. You literally are. All right. So the, the Lakers win. No cap, uh, I'm not. T- tonight, I, I really... Don't know how much longer I can. Oh God! All right. You hate to see it. The the Lakers. Please stop googling phrases. This is really unnerving. Uh, I think the Lakers are going to win, uh, and I think they cover. I, I'm going to take them minus five and a half tonight against Portland. I'm also going to take Anthony Davis over 29 and a half points in this one. I think Davis goes off, and you don't have to Google this one. You can just listen to uh, by the boat because the Rockets and the Thunder tonight. I think this is a toss up series. The injury to Westbrook would uh, make me nervous, but the Rockets actually haven't been any worse with Westbrook off the floor this season. I think Harden has a big one. I like the Rockets tonight. Give me plus one and a half. They're underdogs in this one. I'll take Houston to come out ahead in game one. Big night for Harden. So my picks again, Rockets plus one and a half. I'll take the Lakers minus five and a half and give me over 29 and a half points for Anthony Davis. Those are your by the boat picks of the night. Low-key, that's a hell of a flex, Josh. That is a hell of a flex. I For a second, with the injury talk, I was thinking big yikes. But uh, but honestly, you're not being extra. You're, you're being just enough for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the show anymore. If this is, if, if we're, if this is the show, is you trying to be... What's that dad from... Uh, is, what is that show? Um, oh, what's the... Uh, Stay by the bell. You're like that guy with the backwards hat with the skateboard coming. How do you do, fellow kids? Fur? That is you now. Fur? Fur? For real. That's what that's short for. I don't know if you knew that because you're. I don't know if you're hip or not. <laughs> 704-570-9610. Oh, Who's hippest on the oh, show? God. Who's least hip on the show? Uh, uh, here it's about the unknowns. There it's about the known. Sports Radio FNZ.